everyone. Welcome to a very, very special live recording of What Works. This is the show that takes you behind the scenes of how small business owners build stronger businesses. And I am your host, Tara McMullen. This is a very special episode, not just because we are live, but because it is the 300th episode Woo-hoo! of this podcast, something that whew, blows my mind, uh, something I, I can't imagine that I was ever thinking about when I started the show five years ago with the, the wonderful folks at Creative Live. Um, so yes, five years ago and 300 episodes ago, I set out to get real about how entrepreneurs figure out the nuts and bolts of how to build a business they are passionate about. And here we are 300 episodes later, I have talked to uh, at least 300 small business owners <laughs> over the last few years. Um, and really more than that, uh, in, in, you know, if we're going to get detailed about it, which we just were uh, here in the green room before we <laughs> record. Um, and, uh, and I have learned so much about business. I have learned so much about myself and I have learned so much about the power of consistency and persistence uh, through this medium of podcasting. And I know that the women who are here with me uh, have learned similar lessons. And we are going to get into all of that, talking about kind of reflecting on this year and reflecting on the changes we've made, the growth that we have all made as as people and as leaders and as business owners. And I am really, really excited about this conversation. I'm going to tell you more about them in just a moment. But first, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming to this party with me and helping me celebrate 300 episodes of the What Works podcast. Um, Now, the reason that we are doing this special episode uh, is, like I said, it's the 300th. And that means 300 episodes. That means that we have had a, a... an amazing amount of consistency, consistency and persistence over the years. And, you know, I think that it's worth calling out that we are so quick to celebrate those big wins, those big leaps forward. And we are much more reticent to celebrate consistency and much more reticent to celebrate persistence. And so for me, I thought it was really important to have a little bit of a party to say, yeah, I've stuck with this for a long time and I plan on sticking with it for a long time to come. So um, I'm just so stoked that you are here to celebrate consistency and persistence with me. Now, if you are here live, we would love for you to chat along with us, to share your reflections on this last year, to share what you have learned and and how your business has evolved over the last year or so, maybe even over the last five years or so. Um, If you are here with us live, you can share those uh, reflections in the chat. You can chat along with each other. Maybe you meet somebody new today. That would be really awesome. And if you've got questions for me, or any of the panelists here today, you can use the the ask a question button next to the chat area to ask those questions. Uh, We've also got Shannon uh, Paris over in the chat. She's our community advocate over at the What Works Network. And we have Lou Blazer in the chat. She is one of our production assistants at What Works and at Yellow House Media. And so I am stoked that they are here. Thanks, guys, for being here. All right. Let me introduce you to the amazing women who agreed to be here to celebrate with me today. First, we've got Emily Thompson from Being Boss. She is a longtime business coach and creative warrior, helping retailers, makers, coaches, and designers develop an online business model and grow their creative businesses. She's also the founder of Almanac Supply Company, a retail business that makes and curates products that help people connect with nature. Hello, Emily. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Tara, and congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. We also have Elsie Escobar, who is co-host of The Feed and She Podcast. She is a diehard podcast junkie who lives, breathes, and works the medium and has since 2006. She's worked with hundreds of podcasters, including me, sharing tools for better production, educating them in the fast-moving podcasting space, as well as cultivating a strongly engaged community through The Feed, the official Libsyn podcast. And hello, Elsie. I almost hey. forgot to say hi. I got carried away. Hello, I know. Because <laughs> you have to get to my other half. <laughs> I do have to get to your other half. We are also joined by the amazing Jessica Kupferman, who is the co-host of She Podcast. Jess is a marketing and sales expert with a history of being both the devil's advocate and the person to give someone the benefit of the doubt. Along with Elsie, she's on a mission to grow the number of successful women-hosted podcasts, thereby giving light and voice to the millions of messages that need to be shared with the world. Jess, thank you for being here. 
thank you so much for having me. I'm honored that you would ask, and I'm super excited for you. Because if you think about it, 300 episodes is six years. There's only 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. Yes. It's a long time to podcast, you know? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Did I put it in perspective for you a little bit there? That's a lot oh, yeah. chunk. It's a chunk of our lives. It is a chunk of our lives. Yeah. I mean, really thinking back on it, I, I guess I can picture my life before podcasting, but at the same time, I really can't. Like, this is just, it has been with me now for a yeah. while, as I know it has been with you guys as yeah. well. All right. So we are coming together here to talk about consistency and persistence and, and all things podcasting and all things business in a year that has thrown us for loop after loop after loop after freaking loop. And so my hope for today's conversation is that we can all kind of take a pause to reflect on what we've learned about ourselves, what we've learned about our businesses or our work this year. And so, um, Emily, I'm going to start off with you. When you're reflecting on this year so far. I know it's only September, but I think we all can agree that it feels like <laughs> a really long time. It's uh, worse in the past nine months. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so really, it's it's more like I've been podcasting 10 years if we think about the last sure. nine months as five yes. years. Okay. Um, so Emily, 10 years exactly. Emily, when you think of what you have learned about yourself this year, what's one of the first things that comes to mind for you? My life was really kind of lame beforehand. <laughs> okay, tell us what you mean by that. That's just telling. Like, quarantine life isn't really any different from my like before quarantine life. Um, so I really had to really check myself <laughs> and realize that I needed I needed to do more things in my life. No, my day to day has been pretty um, has been pretty much the same. But I will say I've learned how. I've learned how much I really do cherish and use the life that I've created for myself in that mm -hmm. I work for the purpose of like travel and adventure and that being missing from my life over the past couple of months has really accentuated how important that is for me. And so it's really made me that much more grateful for all the work that I do to be, you know, a self-employed creative business owner um, that enables me to travel as much as I would like, that enables me to, um, I don't know, just do what I want. That being taken away has really put it in stark contrast that I, um, I really work for the purpose of travel and adventure. So what are some of the things that you have done in over the last six months to like incorporate the spirit of travel and adventure without necessarily being able to do those things? Emily? Oh. Sorry, I'm there myself. Go. Unmuting. I was say, maybe it's mostly um, crying. Yeah. Crying. I, I'm like softly whimpering over here. Um, yeah. One, I'm definitely dreaming of lots of grand adventures I'll take someday, right? I will never turn down an opportunity to travel ever again in my life. <laughs> I'm always fair. I'm always right there with you wherever you want to go. Um, but I have um I have been investing more in my home for the past couple of months than I have ever before with the idea that I take lots of adventures to my backyard, right? Mm. I like, I enjoy a holiday on the patio, <laughs> which has really allowed me to enjoy my house um, a lot more, but um, saving, saving for those future adventures has definitely been part of it. And we have, we've took a road trip a couple of weeks ago, a very different kind of road trip um, that was really amazing. And again, also just accentuated for me, this idea that uh, I am a free spirit. <laughs> and there's something about like getting out on the interstate and like pressing on the gas that is my favorite feeling in the world. Um, so planning ahead for sure, because this will be over one day, right? right? I, I hope yes. so. Like, <laughs> Right? I don't know, maybe, um, but definitely travel or planning on travel. Um, also just enjoying where I live in a way that I never really have before. Yeah, I definitely resonate a lot with that answer. We have also been investing in our home, which is something we never did before because we were always spending money on travel and adventure. And I completely agree with that feeling of just hitting the road, man. We drove down to West Virginia for the weekend, this past weekend, and it was just like, oh my God, I needed that. Just being on the road, 
watching the things go by, seeing different scenery. And we didn't even go that far away, but man, yeah, there was, there was some serious refilling of the tank, uh, this weekend. Yeah. Elsie, what have you learned about yourself this year? That I can grow a garden. That Ooh. was huge. I've never what are you done growing that in before, your... you know? Yeah. So, what are you growing in the garden? Oh gosh, we grew zucchini and tomatoes and lettuces and tulsi, which was my favorite. We had fennel. Um, what wow. else did we have in there? We had other things that never came up. Oh, beets. That was amazing. Golden beets. How big herbs. were they? Oh, were they big or little? They were just perfect. They were just oh, perfectly sized. It was, cool. they were amazing. Um, but I, you know, I'm talking about investing in your home and we had just moved into this home last August. And then from then on, it was like, just go, 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 go. And then we had this halt and we finally had an opportunity to take time to really put things away, to really see what we're going to do in the garden. We had time to be able to do all that stuff. And since we weren't going anywhere, we usually travel every summer. We were actually able to plant a garden for the very first time and just invest the time to do that. And it was possibly the most healing thing for me at this time because work for, for whatever reason just really took off. Like mm -hmm. during this whole entire time, it actually has escalated in terms of, and I'm not even going to say busy because it's not like I'm bit like I, I want to say I'm so busy, but it really is the level of work has just, I don't even know what happened. It just escalated in a, in a, in a, to a degree that I didn't even know I had the capacity to handle and I still don't. <laughs> and then, um, but going out into the garden and planting things and seeing things grow and, and having the opportunity to know that I could do that in my home was for me, it was like every afternoon when I was growing the garden, it was my favorite thing ever. And I also invested time in taking care of myself again, having a routine of being able to go out. Mind you, I have the privilege of, of, of living kind of far away from mm -hmm. the city. So I have plenty of space. Um, I also, I'm not surrounded by, I have like a neighbor that I'm lucky if I see. So there's no people, there's no other humans than I, me and, so, and my family. And right. so <laughs> I can go walk wherever I want. And I have a ritual, you know, I get an opportunity to go, like, I, at least I can get X amount of steps in for myself and it's not anything crazy, but I haven't been able to do that. Like since I became a mom. Yeah. Which is like 12 years. So those are things that I did with my time or have done. With yeah. So the garden, uh, so I love the idea that you learned you could grow a garden, that that was part, like that was a huge part of your refuge during this time. I'm curious what you're thinking about, like as fall is creeping up on us now and then winter will be, I, I don't want to scare anybody, but right. winter is coming guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to, to use the cliche, what are you thinking about in terms of like finding that same refuge, finding that same outlet for yourself, but in a winter time? Because I think this is, I you think know, it's something that's causing us oh a lot God. of stress here. This is like my favorite topic in the whole world because I'm a huge fan of aligning with the seasons and really living totally woo-woo now, but energetically through what happens in the seasons, the summertime calls you to go out. It actually invokes you to be outside, to be out in the sun, to be expansive, to be creative, to be like in it, to be engaged. And naturally fall draws you to put the harvest, all of the things that you planted. So energetically, that's what my job is now. And if we align with mm -hmm. that energy, we're now able to like, look, okay, I, I learned to plant this stuff. These are the fruits. This is the harvest that I now have, which will then get me through the winter. So part of it is that there's a natural inward energy that is just as important as that vitamin D is, as that being outside. And for those of, of y'all that are here that might be in the Southern hemisphere you of the world, you are going through the opposite. So you're just coming out from the winter time. You're just coming out from that, that time into the springtime, which we had before. So we just have to, I think that it's, it, it's harder when we fight things that when we go against nature, right? If we start to fight it, I want to go outside. I want to just be, I just want to have it be sun and 
yeah, we all wish we had that, but the whole point is that it's winter now. So if you keep on fighting it, we have to refine that. What does that look like? What does that inward turn prepare me for so that I can then come out in the spring in this new found expression of myself? Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> the like, question I'm going to be asking myself. What, what am I turning inward toward? What am I cultivating over the winter months that then I can release when spring comes back again? I love that. And I want, you mentioned capacity at one point too, and I, I want to swing back to that with everyone uh, then, but let's go to Jess now. Jess, what have you learned about yourself over this last year? So I've gone through a couple of phases with myself, um, starting with, let's just start with vanity. I bought before the pandemic, I bought shoes a lot. I bought clothes a lot. I have a Rouge membership to Sephora, which means I buy a lot of makeup. And as soon as the pandemic hit, it all ended because, and I was still shopping, but everything I saw, I was just like, why the hell would I buy that now? Like, I can't go anywhere. What's the point? Who cares? It probably saved me a ton of money on stuff. But then I swung too far in that direction and like, didn't care about what I looked like. Wasn't like showering as often as I used to. And I was still doing weekly QAs in the super squad. Now, when I look at those videos, I'm like, oh my God, I look homeless. Because <laughs> also, also my gray was growing in. So I look more homeless than I would have had I not been able, you know, had I been able to go out and get a haircut. So then I swung back the other way, like, I guess in the last couple months where I was just like, okay, tired of looking homeless. I can still, you know, it, you know, appreciate what I look like. Even if I'm not going out, I can dress for myself. I can dress for the mailman who comes to the door, whoever. Um, so I've started to, you know, I bought better hair products. If, you know, I wasn't caring about anything really, but I mean, I just started to wear a little more makeup just before coming down the stairs, before taking him to school. I just try to have a little bit more of a routine now before I even come down stairs. So I don't have to go back up and rush. So um, I learned that I don't need as much stuff as I thought I did outwardly, but inwardly I do need to have some kind of appreciation for my physical body. Um, I also started working out at the beginning of the pandemic. And then my, I had a trainer who was training me on Zoom. Then he moved away and I completely stopped doing it. I thought, well, I'm going to do it every day. Never, ever did it again. Oh, no. Never. And I mean, I was doing so well, too. I was like planking and lifting and like it all went to pot. And I don't know how I'm going to. I'm like, I need to figure out how to get back together with that. There's also the aspect of like family. So you guys all said you focused more on home. Like I avoided it the whole time. I I didn't add curtains. I wasn't buying <laughs> I wasn't, I mean, new pots, of nothing. I, the only thing we bought was a bread maker, but even that was like a month ago. Like we didn't do that the whole time. Nothing. I, I was working on launching a membership and working on turning our event from, you know, nothing to something. And we'll talk about that. I know in a minute, but I became very preoccupied with it to the point where I was annoyed if someone wanted me to work on the house at all, like put my laundry away. I was like, no, I can't. I have to do this and be here. Um, until the last couple weeks when I was just like, you know, why does my house look like that? Like, it looks like no one lives here. Like I never put stuff on the walls. <laughs> I mean, I do here, this is my office though, but I mean like my, anyway, so I'm going to start to like invest time into my home, which is something I have never had interest doing or skill doing. Like I'm good with colors and stuff, but not where I want things to go. So I'm going to like try to mindfully start to make this more of a home space and then also like, oh, and we also built a deck so that if I, so that if I have to go somewhere, I can just still be here. Like mm. we, our deck was falling apart and I was just mm. like, you know, let's build a space outside where we can just be because we got to go somewhere and we can't go anywhere. So this is a good solution. So we did that. I learned that I actually do enjoy my family's company a lot more than I thought I did. <laughs> like I <That's> a bonus, <laughs> it is a bonus, but like. <laughs> like Isaac was home from school. He's only five, but it was the most time I've spent with him since he was born because, you know, a year or so in, he started going to daycare when he was like two. And I mean, I haven't seen him for more than, say, you know, Christmas break at a time since then. So I was kind of worried, like, are we going to hate each other? Is he going to be terrible? Are, is he going to misbehave? Are we going to misbehave? And 
I mean, yeah, there was definitely some adjustment in all of us being together all the time, but I really felt grateful that I was able to go for these little walks with him every day and poke around in the driveway and teach him how to ride a bike and, you know, and like walk around and look at everyone's, all our neighbors' houses and we painted and we did stuff I never, ever do. The mommy, like, let's do stuff together. I never do that. But it was really fun. So I learned that about myself. That I actually do enjoy spending time with my own children, sadly, but it's true. And, um, <laughs> and then um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think also just like learning how to, I don't know. I think I, I think those, all those things, when I reflect on it, it really means that I was focusing a lot of my life on outward things, mm -hmm. collecting things and looking like I collect things and getting people places and, and like, I, I wasn't looking at my own happiness or, or my own home and the things that surround me that are so important. Like once, once you know, you're stuck somewhere, it's like, you kind of really have to look at your shit. You have to look yeah. at like, why haven't I been exercising? Why haven't I um, grown a garden? Why haven't I invested in my own home? But there's so many people that are, you know, here for the first time, really, mm. because even when the pandemic started, like, like Emily, I was sort of hopping from conference to conference. And I also did learn that's the only time I'm ever alone, by the way, but uh, is going to a conference. That was a sobering moment. Oh, I also learned that when I get a certain amount of stressed out, I do drink wine. I've never done that before either, but certain days I was just like, I just have to drink now. I can't do this anymore. I just have to drink now. I just have to, and I'm not an alcoholic or anything like that, but like, and I don't want to trigger <laughs> anyone, but some of the days were so hard and just helpless and, and unending that it was the only thing left to do. I was already just aging. Now I can drink. <laughs> well, I think that that desire for release, right? Like I, I think, and there's a, yeah. there, we're all kind of talking around yeah. that as a theme. Yeah, so whether it's yeah. gardening as a release, wine as a release, beer as a release. I've also been doing a lot of yoga as a release, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hitting the Wait, road as a release. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those, they're all things that I think uh, when we're able to like, uh, like you said, outward, when we're able to put all of our energy outward, we don't look for the release as much. We're not aware, I think, right. of that need. Yeah, we're distracted. We exactly. Exactly. And so much of this time um, has been a removal of those distractions and then kind of coming face to face with this is life, this is home, this is the outdoor space, this is me. Um, mm. And that teaches us all sorts of things. And I don't want to take um, your beautiful uh, kind of metaphor around um, outward versus inward and take it into a weird direction. But what struck okay. me, Jess, while you were talking about, you know, being so focused on what is outside versus what's inside is I think there have been times when I have done that with the podcast as well, mm -hmm. right? Where I'm really focused on download numbers. I'm really mm -hmm. focused on who's listening. You know, is it doing this? Is it doing that? Instead of looking at, am I creating the best thing that I want to create? Like, what are, what are the nooks and crannies? What's the deck that I can build for the podcast? podcast? Yeah. What's the garden that I can create for the podcast? Um, and so that's, that's definitely something that I have learned, maybe not over the last six months, but definitely over the last couple of years to really be focused on that, that inward reflection. Um, I do want to bring it back to capacity because this is one of the things yeah. that I've learned about myself this year is just what my relationship is to my capacity to work for family, for myself, um, and all the different ways that I can kind of influence that with, with my routines or with what I'm putting into my body or, um, you know, even what I'm listening to or what I'm reading and that, how that has all affected my capacity. I, I listened to the, uh, I think it's the latest episode of Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's podcast. Um, and she talks about an article that she wrote on Medium. So sorry, this is like a deep citation now. Uh, but this article talked about um, how our surge capacity has been so exhausted over this last year. In other words, the idea that um, we have a certain capacity to respond quickly when there's a crisis, when there is a need. And that was the huge, like, I loved having a 
sort of a name to put on that because that's been a huge learning for me is is just recognizing like oh my first response to a need to a to a crisis to someone else's problem is to surge in and come to the rescue or to surge in with um lots of you know pro, pro, quote unquote productive work and it's been really exhausting and it's been really and it has not been helpful i mean there are maybe times when it was cool that i was able to respond as quickly as i did but in but when i look back on it it's like oh but then i was rubbish a week later or i wasn't able to be creative i wasn't able to meet the moment a couple weeks later because i was so tired um and so really becoming more aware of that and regulating that a little bit better has been a huge learning for me this year um Elsie, I want to bring it back to you since you mentioned capacity first, and you talked about not necessarily that you're so busy, but just that work has been so much. Can you talk, uh, or yeah. maybe, yeah, can you talk a little bit about kind of how you've responded to the work that's come your way and what you've learned about your own personal capacity this year? Yeah, at first it was... Um... It was kind of a relief for me because again, I was, we were so mobile. Like we, we, we have a very unconventional family. So we do everything together and my girls don't go to regular school. We are, we are homeschooling. We homeschool, we co-slept, we did all, we still do all of those things that are kind of unconventional. So whenever the girls went to a homeschool co-op, we all went, whenever the girls go to gymnastics, we all go, like we are constantly together, mommy, daddy, girls, like that's just what we do. And we have all this time. And so when the girls would go to their school days, which was like maybe a couple of days a week, we would all go and I would hang out in their area and I would work while they did their school stuff. Daddy was there as well. He would go to like a restaurant or something. He would sit there and then we would like take turns. He would come. Anyway, we were just not at home essentially, but we were together. Mm -hmm. When we first started, when we started being in, then I had like, I didn't have to go anywhere. So usually I had to schedule everything based on my travel times. Jessica will contest to this where it was like, no, I'm on the road. I, I'm going to lose. I can't do that. I can only record. And you, you're, the podcast I recorded with you was like on the floor outside yeah. of a thing. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it was crazy. So no, I do all of that. But Elsie, address the fact that like as soon as the pandemic hit, you were slammed with I work. was slammed. So it was like all of a sudden every coworker she had had eight ideas that needed to be executed right oh, away. Oh wow. And yeah. so she, she and, not only could she not go to town to get the Wi-Fi she needed, but she oh, was yeah. working top of the day to bottom of the day with no uh -huh. break, no time to do anything else. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it stayed Speaking there and, and capacity, right? what I was going to say is that at first it felt great. Cause I could, I was in one mm -hmm. place. I could say, yeah. yes, I can meet you at 12. Yes. I can meet you at one. Yes. I can do, you know, all those things. And the other thing is like pe my clients or people were coming, like I was getting client independent of my actual job job. I had clients coming in just randomly people I'd never mm -hmm. met before who were mm -hmm. hiring me to do and at a, a big prices to do work with them. And I was like, what, what is happening here? Like you guys aren't like saving money and like doing like, that's what I thought. Yeah. And so I, it has to do though. I'm sorry. They have nothing else to do. Well, I guess that's right. Cause we're all podcasters. So in that respect, <laughs> I did really push and I'm still now I'm just starting to say a little bit at a time. No, mm -hmm. I can't do it on the weekend. No, I cannot respond right now. No, I'm not going to do that. And to really look at my schedule, like I looked, and I think that you, that's why you did the e-league at the end of the year last year, Tara, you saw my post about intentionality and like being really focused on finishing out the year. And I have that sense already. And so I've looked at my capacity for the end of the year and where I really want to put all this energy that I've been putting out. I mean, virtual thing after virtual thing, mm -hmm. presentation after presentation, having to get like ring lights and cameras and more proper gear and the amount of like brain time that that takes and meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting because um, I work at Lipson and Lipson is the largest podcasting host and distribution company. And it's also one of those places that often gets tapped for sponsorship. And as you know, there are a bazillion virtual events happening. So vetting sponsorship opportunities that come in, where do we want to participate? And also understanding that there's a whole other layer of 
uh, as a sponsor, not like you getting money for your event, but as a sponsor, you don't, you're not getting the same bang for your buck, right? That you do it at a, at a real life conference with a booth and with being able to talk to people and having a session and, you know, the opportunities of having coffee with somebody. So we've had to like re pivot everything about what, how will we get the same engagement, the same ROI mm -hmm. or a different type of ROI to an ex a virtual experience. And most of the time, the people who have to do the work is the ad people. Like you, the sponsor has to do the work. Like there's no, there's no way a conference is going to give us what we want because yeah. they don't even know either. But yeah, my point so was that she was exhausted by the end of the day. Every single yeah. day she was exhausted. By 9, 10 o'clock, she was like, I can no longer speak to another person. I will talk to you tomorrow, which is unlike her. I mean, not in person, but yeah. I mean, her capacity, she was way over capacity as far as I'm concerned. She's, and I felt yeah. like the opposite. Like someone in the chat just wrote, doing less is the new productivity hack. Free time is the new wealth. I, I understand that it's good for your body and that it's a healthy thing to do. I don't agree that free time is necessarily wealth. Considering all the people that became unemployed in the last six mm -hmm. months, I think they would beg to differ. It's not wealthy to have free time. You want to feel productive. You want to feel like you're doing something. That's why we garden and bake bread. So we're doing something, right? Yeah. 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 I'm hearing one of the things that is a kind of a, potentially a drain on our capacity too is all of the creative rethinking we've yes, had to yeah. do yeah. over the last six months. Emily, I know that you have had to do a lot of creative rethinking over the last six months. What's your capacity been like? Mine's been fine. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, I'll not enough. <laughs> right? I'll tell you why, though. The year and a half before this hit, um, I went through a massive energetic and emotional burnout. And it was mm -hmm. from having, mm -hmm. from filling my capacity so full, writing the Being Boss book, launching it, book tour, events, community, like all the things at that point in my life my capacity was like through the roof. And so actually before all this hit, I went through a year of kind of learning what everything is, what everyone is learning right now, mm -hmm. right? Of like mm -hmm. how to slow down, how to take care of yourself, how to prioritize, how to, um, how to like use your quote unquote free time to nurture yourself, which makes it not really free time. You're still doing things. It still is work to do those things. Um, so that whenever this hit, it's funny, I feel, I feel better now than I did this time last year. I felt better in, you know, April than I did the April of the year before. And so for me, it's actually been, um, it's actually been kind of great. Um, and in just as many ways as it's also been awful, just like for everyone else. Um, but it's funny too, because I was looking back at my journal um, or earlier this year, and there was an undated post, which I never do. I like un an undated piece of paper, and I called it a post because old blogger. I didn't either. I was like, it's a post just because it's in a book. Yeah, right. <laughs> it made um, perfect sense I, to me. I did not date it, but it was somewhere between like July and September. And I wrote in there that um, the world is about to burn out. And I'm going to be here able to help because I just went through it. Right. Wow. And yeah. I didn't know exactly what that meant, except I'm also an astrology nerd and I knew something was coming. Right. So um, I had, I wrote that down and now that I'm here, I'm fine. My capacity is fine. I'm like, I'm getting shit done. I'm taking care of myself. I have not been overly overwhelmed. Um, no more than like, yes, a lot of like creative rethinking, but I was already creative rethinking because I was like pulling myself out of burnout and restructuring my business and buying out my business partner and doing all these things. I was already doing it. So this is, this is just almost an extenuation of the sort of 12 months that I had prior to this happening. Wow. Well, one, I'm glad you're not feeling burnout and exhausted, oh, <laughs> but also, right. yeah, such a great reflection. And, and I think this, this is why this question of what have you learned about yourself is I've asked this question in many different capacities in many different places this year. Um, and because it's, it's a question that's fascinating me as a way of not just reflecting on 
the growth that we've experienced, but reflecting on how we can apply that moving right. forward. And so to me, it sounds like that's what you've done. You had this period of growth, you had this period of learning, and you have applied it this year in a way that has allowed you to maintain a sense of equilibrium and maintain a sense of peace when that has not been the case for so many people. And yes, for us, the rest, the rest of us, we might be exhausted or burnt out or over capacity or feeling overwhelmed. And also we are learning skills and learning tools that can help us apply this uh, for the future and apply it to how we wanna move forward. And Elsie was speaking to that too, thinking about kind of quarter four here. Um, let's move on to what we've learned about our businesses. So Jess, why don't you start us off? You guys went through a whole bunch of shifts uh, this year. Yeah. What have you learned about your business? So, I mean, I kind of already knew this to some extent, like I had my own separate business and then we had She Podcast. Mm -hmm. And then two years ago, I decided I was just going to, well, I guess a year ago, I decided I was just going to do a conference to see how that went. And having the full capacity to have a conference, I poured everything that I was doing into that and it came out great. But then, you know, four months later, I didn't know what was going to happen to it and um, because the hotel was kind of fiddling with me, like they made me wait until May before I could cancel it. So like there were two months there where I was just like, I have to create another, I have to create another source of income, but also what if this is still going on? But yeah. also what if it doesn't go on and I wait till June and then I've spent half the year waiting on something that isn't going to happen and therefore no income. So I was sort of like, you know, I realized that what, what she podcast really needs is and I mean, every business needs this and every person needs this, but I hadn't had the ability or the time to develop it yet. And had there not been a pandemic, I may have just switched to an event creation business, but mm. because there was one, I had the space and the time to create another source of income so that when, if one thing doesn't work out, hopefully the other thing will work out. So I've, I had a, um, the ability to sort of diversify how we help people. So we created a membership. Um, you know, it's an online membership. We sort of expanded out what our Patreon, um, our Patreon members were getting and I built a membership and, and we have plans on what we're going to do inside there. Um, we did not create a virtual event, but that is a possibility. Also, I could have just jumped right into virtual events, but even that's not sustainable because after two years, we're going to hate them. I bet. <laughs> I think we're going to hate them. I mean, especially once you're not out the door, it's like, we're having a, we're having a summit. Like, no, I'll be going outside now. So <laughs> yeah, like now they're a necessity, but I know that lots of people are getting zoomed out and exhausted. We still want to learn things and interact with people. So for now it's great. But if I just pivoted to virtual, then pivoted back to in-person, like it's still not diverse enough. You need, you need, fingers in a bunch of pies to see which ones taste the best, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Figure out. Well, and it kind of goes back to that idea of creative rethinking too. Yes. Um, not that, the, not that I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with taking a live event and pivoting it to no, online. And, and I've gotten in yeah. trouble for saying that before. I don't think that either. Right. And there yeah. are other ways to like, there's other things like, what is the purpose of this event? What is the purpose of what we're really trying to do here? And what is the best venue for that? And I love that you guys, it seems like you, you guys realized, oh, the purpose is bringing people together, helping them meet each other, helping them talk. Well, a membership and really yeah. doubling down on a membership That's is right. a perfect way to do that. That's right. It's not the event. The events are fun, but the purpose is to get people to support each other, to learn from each other. And that's something they can do every day if we just give them a platform. Yeah. So that's, that's right. That's exactly why I just thought that would be a much better solution and it's longer lasting. Yeah. I love it. Emily, what have you learned about your business or businesses this year? Right. Well, one, I learned that I was right 10 years ago when I said everyone <laughs> needed to get online. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my Actually, gosh. Yes. 
I thought that too. Why doesn't everyone just work from home? And I love being vindicated in that respect. I was just like, mm-hmm. y'all should have listened to me yep. when I started doing it in the first place because it's ridiculous. But anyway, sorry, for go ahead. sure, for sure. And like, especially, you know, my retail friends or like brick and mortar or people who like have businesses, quote unquote, in the real world, whatever, like I told you, you should have got a good website. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right, and figured this yeah. out and sure it was more work but it would save your ass now anyway um <laughs> so that is the one and just also the gratitude that like i listened to my gut and i did the online like i focused online but also sort of straddling online and offline which is what i do really with being boss and with almanac is i have the capability of doing both and sort of like leaning whichever way i need to currently it's very much so online of course mm-hmm. um so one i'm i've learned that that was forward thinking in a way of service i never anticipated Right. Mm -hmm. Just being able to do that and like having the skills and the understanding and the knowledge to make it all happen. Um, But sort of the second part, maybe the better answer or like um, the more like um, heart filled answer (laughs) is really um, how important to business a community is. And whether that is a community Mm -hmm. of sort of peers, like people who are sort of on your level and being boss, we call them business besties. Um, I will never forget Tara, whenever we ended up having to transition our conference to virtual right there, whenever everything hit you emailing me and being like, let's talk about this. Like, let me help. I, and I I don't think I told you this before. And I wonder if he's still in the office. Um, You made David tear up. You sent the email and I told him that you had emailed at this time when, when things were so crazy, he got a little teary eyed, right? Like having this community of friends or even at being boss, the community there, um, that has grown even out of this is amazing. And I know a couple of bosses are here. So hello, hello. Um, having them support each other and watching them, um, help each other pivot businesses or figure things out or share tactics, all of those things. So I felt this like on my level of where I am in business, but I've also watched this within my community. It's really highlighted for me, again, this place where I was already heading in this nurturing of community in a, in a really real way, not like surface, like let's just all join a Facebook group, but like, let's all see each other's faces. Yes. On zoom for now, but every stinking week and talk through Mm -hmm. these things and get to know each other and support each other. I see that happening really amazingly at being boss, but I also see it happening in my product business at Almanac. Um, We've pivoted to doing, we're doing um, live crystal cells every Friday on YouTube and it's a ton of fun. And there is a community that is growing out of those people who are Hmm. coming to those very often. And that sort of buzz, like you can't, you can't fake that. And that sort of buzz and community and support is what makes a business, period. And it's what makes, um, it just makes everything worth doing at the moment. Um, So I think those two things, one, high five online. (laughs) And two, community is a necessity. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I don't think that there's any, um, like I, when I invited all of you here, I was inviting you as fellow podcasters who could help me celebrate this milestone. And then realizing kind of secondarily, oh, we're all community builders too. Like, and that is not a coincidence. I think this medium fosters community. And I think we all believe in the power of community in a really similar way. And um, Emily, I think you're exactly right. It's like, it's central to how businesses function, whether it's something that's really formal, um, like we all have, um, or it's something informal, like we also all have. The one of the biggest reasons we are where we are today, one of the biggest reasons we've been able to weather and navigate this year or any other year and any of the other number of crises we've gotten through <laughs> over the years is because we have that community around us and because we've invested ourselves in that community. So I think that's huge. Elsie, what have you learned about your work this year? I think that uh, I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> like I learned, I mean, I think part of it is that I, I, yeah, like the my, again, I'm talking about capacity to understand. I think that oftentimes we wait for somebody else. And, and I've, I've spoken about this, like the people that I mentor too, that we wait for somebody else to sort of give us a name uh, for somebody, for us to be able to 
to to have somebody give us um, whatever that title is that we we have or we need to wear or whatever. And oftentimes we don't realize that we just have to we have to claim it. And I think in that respect, understanding the, my own how how good I am in the podcasting space, how to yeah. understand that I am one of the only people that can speak to all of these different verticals in a level of depth that a lot depth that a lot of people don't even have the understanding of how to do and that I'm really great at doing stuff like that and to understand what an asset I am to the community. And, and I'm saying all of these things from the perspective of having to do some like super hardcore work, particularly. And I think the, this is the other aspect of it being a, a, a Latina woman, right? Because we are raised to be very humble to kind of, and at least for me, I was very much raised that you need to sit down and you just take care of other people and you're seen and not heard and you're very humble and you don't really speak up about yourself and you don't really um, take ownership of who you are. Um, and it's, it's forced me to just be over. I was over it. Like you will not, like, no, I don't have time for this. Like, I can't answer that question. There's Google is there. If you want, if you want to have time with me, you need to pay me, yes. <laughs> you know, and you know, that kind of stuff. And, and also to understand that I can hold my own in conversations about, and, and I think that this, this has been great having doors open virtually in a, in a way that um, I'm able to have conversations with people and really drive initiatives in the industry that I didn't really think that I was, I could do because I needed to be in those special places because when people could travel, you could go to the special meetings. Mm -hmm. You could go to those meetings over there in New York and LA in those little rooms. And I never did because I chose to have a lifestyle of being at home and I don't travel. And I'm, I, like I said, I lit, my family is, we are together all the time. And I don't value travel in that sense, meaning I'm going to leave my family like or, a you know, at all. Yeah. So Jess will attest to that as well. But now I can just say like, hey, do you have some time? I have this thing and I get an opportunity to pitch things and I get a, an opportunity to mentor initiatives. I get an opportunity to see like what everybody else is doing and really push them forward because I'm in a position to be able to do that. And, and to own that power that I have. So that I think that that's been a huge, huge realization for me, even though maybe the people that have been working with me for a while that have known me like Jess might have said this over and over and over and over again to me. But, <laughs> but alas, it's not until you really own it. And I think I can't I hit a, a wall. It was one of those things where it's like, listen, I can't, I can't do this for you and all of this other stuff. Like I have to be very mindful of my time and I'll deliver, but there has to be like a, a balance here. So I think that that was huge for me. And maybe yeah. you missed the travel a little bit. And I do. you missed it a little bit. Okay, I okay. do. And I have to say, uh, yeah, I, I kicking and streaming, screaming to go away, talking about community as well. I was just saying, I think in our last episode, Jessica, was it maybe in the, in the episode couple, where we were talking yeah, about, year, I may yeah. not have said it, but um, I have been going to a podcasting conference since 2007, every single year. Like there has been since 2007, I have not, not gone to, to a podcasting conference. And I thought I skipped this year, but I didn't because I attended PodFest in March. So uh -huh. every year I have gone every year. I have built relationships in the industry with my friends. It's where, like when Jessica said, it's when we're alone. That is where I also get an opportunity to like not be with my family and I get an opportunity two times a year. And that's like, I look, I'm scared. I don't want to go. But then when I'm there, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then I get to come back and, you know, I missed it. I missed seeing my, I missed the time. Like this is conference time for us. Yeah. I'm not getting to go to see my friends. Yeah, it's the know. one place also where I get, I so. think the most hugs. Well, I don't think I do very many things where I'm hugging so many people. Right. But, but, but a podcast conference is like days of hugs all day long. And you don't realize how important that is. And so you don't have that, like, just in general. I mean, you can hug people. All, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like a it's a hugging conference kind of. You know, I'm not yeah. missing hugs from strangers. I love hugs from my family. <laughs> They're friends. I met friends. friends and family. I'll give you that. Yeah. But yeah, because I've heard a lot of people talk about like, Maybe handshakes will be over. I'm like, please, can we just no more strangers? I'm not hugs. into handshakes, but I don't <laughs> oh mind hugging, but yeah. I don't like handshakes. Uh, 
people's hands are sweating. It's just crazy. yeah. Elsie, I just want to share in case you missed it that Kimberly said over in the chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you for owning your power. I love the self congratulations you all are sharing oh. and showing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's so so incredible to hear you say I'm really damn good at what I do, <laughs> and um, that's also been a reflection for me this year too. Of like, man, there's been stress. There has been like so many big questions being asked. There's been so many times where I felt like I don't know if I'm up for this challenge. I don't know if I can meet this moment and then turn around and look back and be like, I am really good at this. So whether it's <laughs> producing podcasts, whether it's this yeah. podcast, whether it's building community, it's like, no, I can do this. I own this. I, yeah, that is that has been one of my big takeaways too. One of the other big lessons that I've learned about the business this year, and I guess it's not really about the business, but in the business is being able to create space and room to for different people's responses, different people's reactions to things. I'm always been a person, uh, you know, I have a very particular way that I respond to things and I'm very familiar with my own responses to things. And I have always assumed, well, that's, that is the normal response. That is how other people <laughs> respond. Right. right. Um, and this year has really taught me to be very uh, cognizant as a community leader, as a consultant as someone who, as a leader, someone, people who are looking to for leadership to make room for a diverse set of responses to any given stimulus that is coming our way. And that is a lesson I know that's going to be really valuable, um, not only as this drags on, but w well after this is over. Um, so as expected, it is, we are 50 minutes into this conversation and I could keep talking about this stuff all day long. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to get some more, I wanted to get some podcast recs going because I think that, um, you know, obviously everyone should listen to being boss. Everyone should listen to she podcast. Hopefully everyone here already listens to what works. If you don't, you should definitely listen to, to what works. There's 300 episodes. And, uh, I know that we're all podcast listeners too. We love podcasts and I thought this would be a really good opportunity to highlight some of the shows that people might not know about, um, that would be great for what works listeners. So quickly give us one podcast. You think what works listeners should listen to and why Emily, we'll start with you. Then apparently you totally forgot that I'm not a podcast listener. Okay, <laughs> well I don't like them either. Right. So if I ever <laughs> the worst. Listen, if I'm like walking, I will listen to what works. Seriously, oh. that is the only podcast I will listen to. Tara, it's just you. Just <laughs> us, that's what I got. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Uh <laughs> Oh my god. I Jessica. What podcast? Um, so I have a friend who just started a podcast. I've known her my whole life, but I have to say, listening to her talk is so entertaining. And the reason why your community should listen is because it's called Fashion Crimes, the Fashion Crimes mm -hmm. podcast. She's a personal stylist from Atlanta. Um, and she and her friend kind of talk about who wore what wrongly, but the point is to sort of teach people the right way to dress yourself, the right things you can do to look more presentable or less presentable. But also it's just funny because they're super petty. Um, <laughs> and like, so it's kind of like, it's entertaining, but also somewhat informative. And I, and I do think, I mean, she's cleaned out my closet once before she's crazy mean, but it really does make you feel like you're a more put together person when you're dressing for your body type and for the situations that you're in. So I recommend fashion crime. Sorry. It wasn't fast enough. I'm sorry. No, no, that was great. Oh, that was great. No, I will make up oh, for. I will make up thank for you. Emily. How's that? I'll have yeah, an extra because I am obsessed with podcast listening, and that's all I do. But I have two. One of them is going to not take you very long. It's called Marketplace Tech. It's like a ten-minute daily podcast that I adore. Um, uh, one of the hosts is called. Well, the host is Molly Wood, who I've looked up to forever. But um, one of the reasons I really like it is because I'm a huge um, tech advocate, and I often speak about the intersection of like access and um, leadership and systems and infrastructure and technology to make things accessible to people who may not necessarily have what that is. And I really find it to be an empowering um, way to learn about issues around tech and the world in a bite-sized podcast. It's like 10 minutes. She is on point. 
she is um, it, her show is the show that I would at some day aspire to have that is a small she's like beam 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 and then you end up feeling like you've learned so much and she is sassy mm. I want to emulate her as a host as well because she's amazing and the other one that I have is called fair of the free child um the host is Akila. she is an unbelievable like uh, if I'm a, again, I'm a homeschooling mama and she, uh, her pod, her, I'm going to actually put the URLs in the chat there just so that people can see it. You can find her at raisingfreepeople.com. So she is rethinking, um, not even homeschooling, but unschooling practices, but she does it from a really deep, deep, deep place. Every time I listen to her show, I feel like I just went to church. She is unbelievable. The types of story, the, the way that she is dismantling so many different things. So if there are any mamas out there that are into homeschooling, homeschooling or unschooling or possibly thinking about education in a different way, Akila is unbelievable. And if you have money, extra money that you want to invest in movements, in, in changing the world, please sign up for her Patreon um, and buy her book and give her money. Just give her money, have her do her thing because she will be changing the world. I, I fully believe it. That is a hell of an endorsement. Awesome. Yeah, she's not, she's an unbelievable person. Like I really, and this is what I think, this is like, to me, podcasters can have this kind of impact and we can change the world with our voices. And there are some creators out there who are doing some very, very powerful things. And we often think like, I don't know how to help. I don't know how to help. Well, you know what? When you find somebody who's doing this kind of stuff right now that is doing the work for you, you just need to give them as much or, or if you have it in you to give them resources so they can do what they need to do like yeah. and step out of the way. Right. So Akila is unbelievable. So amen. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to piggyback off of two things that you said, and I will also share two recs. I was only going to share one, but then you would, but okay, <laughs> well, let me just get to it. So you mentioned Molly Wood and Marketplace Tech. She also does the daily uh, Make Me Smart podcast with Kai Rizdal, which is she also started, produced. Didn't by she? That was just a new one. She just started that. No, they only they went daily in April, but the oh, show has been okay. on since weekly since 2016 or 2017. But it it, it is a way. great show that I love, and I think from a I love it because it's daily news, it's the economy, it's explaining all sorts of economic issues that aren't explained well other places, and it is this intersection of of tech and business and the economy that's really. Wonderful. But the other thing that I really love about it, especially from a daily show, a daily podcast perspective, is how simple it is in the way that they it is put together, right? It's yes, just right? her and yeah, her and Kai coming together saying, I saw this on the internet. I saw this on the internet. Let's talk about it. As opposed to like, even though it is a it is a you know a public radio style, it is produced by a public radio company. It is not a highly produced show. There's production behind it, but you wouldn't need it, right? Like I just love the simplicity of it from a podcasting perspective. The other show, uh, the show that I was definitely going to recommend that I'm excited about right now is called Permission to Speak with Samara Bay. And Elsie, you were talking about, you know, people using their voices. This show is literally about how people use their voices uh, mm -hmm. to tell stories, to get stories out of other people. There's a great uh, episode with Shima Oliai from Radio Lab and Dolly Parton's America. And um, Samara is asking her about the process behind interviewing Dolly Parton and what was going through her head and how she approached it. And that was fascinating. She's also done a couple of episodes on the biases that we have around women's voices, uh, 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 voices, uh, you know, just different different dialects um, and the biases that we have around different dialects. So it's a really super, super great podcast if you're interested in using your voice um, in the way kind of we've all been talking about today. So I love that one. Um, all right. Now, seriously, really quick. <laughs> um, the last question that I ask um, at the end of every episode is what are you excited about? So I would love to hear whether it's you're excited about your work or you're excited about something random. Emily, what are you excited about as you make a face? <laughs> I literally this morning as I was coming to work, I told David, I was like, I need something to be excited about right now. Oh my God. <laughs> I need something to be excited about. 
<laughs> like we're just kind of looking for something. No, this afternoon I'm actually going to socially distance meet with a couple of friends and see um, oh, the progress on a new sort of social club building in town that I'm going to be a member Ooh. in next year. That's kind of like my life in a tunnel. And today that's what I've got. That's awesome. That's a great thing to be excited about. (laughs) (laughs) Elsie, what are you excited about? Well, uh, should I leave the Super Squad to you? No, go ahead. Go ahead. The the She Podcast Super Squad. We actually just launched today. um, And it's the, you know, we've opened up our home, our home that is kind of, we did our very best, but we know that there are some doors that might need a little, totally tightening. And maybe this didn't quite work out, but hey. You know what? We are working on all that stuff. And we and I think that we've create we've co-created something that didn't exist before. And we hope to really start the process of catapulting us into a different type of experience for an online community. Not to take away from y'all's amazing community, but I have to, you know, kudos to my partner in crime here who has worked her push off to put things together that I didn't even know went together and, and, and really put up with me going like, but that doesn't have this thing, which is what I want. (laughs) And she was able to like go, okay. And then figure it out, throw it around and turn it around. So I am just really, I'm really impressed with everything that she's done all by herself. Mind you, you, we do have a smallish team, but for the most part, it's literally Jessica with a sprinkle of Elsie. So as much as she had capacity for, which was very little, <laughs> yeah. but it's gotten better. I have to say, oh yeah. I'm really excited about the super squad. The launch is going really well. I haven't told her how well it's going, but it's going really well. Awesome. All the bugs have, for the most part, I mean, they're corrected. now we had a few, I don't know if you guys, your community, like when you launched it, but like you always think everything is perfectly oh, yeah. wrapped up in a nice little bow. And then like everything blows up in your face, like the, for the first hour and then it's fine. So <laughs> I sort of had a little taste of that, but it's really good. I'm very excited about it. Also, um, my little boy just lost his front tooth. He's a little jack-o'-lantern. I'm so excited about that. And he's in kindergarten every day when we get out to the car because he goes to school in person. It's a very small private school. He goes, Mom, I love life. He says it every day. How cool is that? I love life. I love my life. Oh. That's the best thing to hear, I have to say, from your kid. Even if he has only five, you got to love that enthusiasm. It's contagious. So that is amazing. Yay. Yeah. Aw. about that, too. <laughs> All right, Jessica, where can we find the She Podcast Super Squad? You can go to ShePodcast.com forward slash squad, and it will take you to the join page. You can check it out. It has tons of library resource, you know, educational resources. We have weekly QA. We have forums where you can interact. All the stuff that they can do in my group one time a week, they can do all the time in in the Super Squad. Awesome. Emily, where can we find your stuff online? You You can find Being Boss at beingboss.club or listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can Mm. find Almanac, which is my product business at almanacsupplyco.com. I love dot club. That's cool. Elsie, do you have a, a link you want to drop? Um, the Elsie Escobar um, is where you can find me all the time. And um, just because I'm not doing enough, right, Jess? I did open up the E-League, um, my mentorship experience, which is I actually am going to start it in mid-October. And I actually did it because I need it for myself to mm-hmm. have these five weeks. And it's not huge. I have tops 20 people and about more than half often redo it so it is application only it's not highly priced but it is a an experience to kind of reconnect and for me it's really working about um impact podcasters who who kind of really want to do the deep work of positioning them and kind of like rethinking about 2020 and what it did and how we can move forward on it and another thing i did on purpose is that i wanted it to happen during the election so that we can cleanse our palate and stay grounded and really understand our own personal power when the world might possibly be shifting and changing in ways that might make us really anxious to understand that we really have the capacity to to make things move uh, independently mm-hmm. and together in these smaller communities with your life. So um, that's. Oh, on that's, another note, I'm excited yeah. about the debate tonight. It's like pay-per-view. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if I have it in better than any boxing match. Yeah, that's gonna be a, 
That's going to be a game time decision for me. I am excited. (laughs) Excited. I'll be sleeping. 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 Yes. I just passed my bedtime. And I immediately started to get like this. So no. I just enjoy the drama. That's all. Oh, oh my God. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing in this milestone with me. Thank you, all of you who have been with us for this conversation. Thank you if you are listening to the recording, if you're listening in the podcast feed. I am so, 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 so grateful for you for every single time you download an episode and listen to it and bring what works into your life. I am so thankful for you three and sharing your stories and your reflections on this year. I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much. So as we do wrap things up here, um, a little over the time that I had originally allotted, my bad, you know, it happens, but you can listen to what works for free wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can listen on our site, explorewhatworks.com. If you'd like to get in on the conversation about building a stronger business and you're ready to commit to taking consistent action to make it happen, I want to invite you to join us inside the What Works Network. It's an incredible place full of incredibly generous, experienced small business owners. We're all working together to create businesses that are more sustainable, more profitable, and more effective. Enrollment is open right now just for a couple more days. You can go to explorewhatworks.com slash network to learn more and join us. And I also truly believe you should check out the community, other communities we have talked about here today, whether that's the Being Boss community or if you're a podcaster, uh, the She Podcast Super Squad, they those communities are full of absolutely incredible people as well. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. Our editor is Marty Seafelt. Our production assistants are Kristen Runvik and Lou Blazer. Special thanks to our What Works Network community advocate, Shannon Paris, for all her help today as well. And of course, huge thanks to Emily Thompson, Elsie Escobar, and Jessica Kupferman for helping me celebrate this milestone. I will see you next week. Until then, keep doing what works. Thanks, guys. Bye. Congratulations. Thank you.